He's a sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV podcast brought to you by Cinema Sanka. I am one of the co-hosts. My name is Devin Faraci. Who is who are you? <laughs> My name is Derek Faraci. That's a new intro. That's a new intro. We're trying to it's, we're switching it up now. You throwing me off so I don't give one of my one-liners right there. <laughs> one of your trademark one-liners. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm good. I made um, I made the uh, Food Lab mac and cheese tonight for dinner. What is Food Lab? Food Lab is a uh, was a website, uh, and 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 it was like a, a nerdy approach to cooking. Um, but they have this three ingredient mac and cheese that I've been working with, and um, it's really terrific. Yeah, what, do you want to make what, it? I'm guessing it's macaroni, cheese, and another ingredient. Yeah, you'd be right on. You'd be right on target with that. If you're, we're not counting water as an ingredient in this, it turns out. Um, Oh, so they lied. And also there's salt in this too. They don't count that as five Such ingredients. fucking liars. So what you want is you want – the proportions are one-to-one. So like in the in the um, recipe that I use and I usually make about this, it's 12 ounces of pasta, 12 ounces of cheese, and 12 ounces of evaporated milk. Okay. So I, I grate my cheese. Oh, That's the first fancy. step. I grate the cheese. I don't buy you – know, I, I buy a big block of cheese and I grate it. Yeah. Um, what you do is you put your 12 ounces of pasta in your in your pot. You cover it just to the top of the of the pasta with water. Okay. You put it in a pinch of salt. You bring it to a boil over a high heat. When you keep stirring it the whole time because there's very little water, so the pasta is needs to be continually moved. So keep th- this is a recipe you're going to have to keep an eye on. You have to be involved with the whole time. Sure. So you bring it to a boil while uh, stirring it. When it's brought to a boil, you're going to put in your evaporated milk, and then you're going to bring it back to another boil. When it gets to the second boil, you're going to put in your cheese. You're going to mix that in. You're going to lower the heat. And Whoa, spoilers. Gonna... What? Spoilers here. Yes. Uh, so you're going to lower your heat once the cheese is in, and you're going to mix it in, and you're going to create a sauce with this, right? And what you're going to do is you're going to keep stirring until you have reduced the sauce down to the to the desired consistency, and then okay. you serve it. Well, there you go. And it's delicious when you use the right cheese. When you don't use when you here's a big secret I learned: when you go to the liquor store and buy the cheese they have at the liquor store, it's not as good. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to make the mac and cheese. We had the evaporated, but we had the cheese, and I was like, "Well, this this is California cheese on the side of it, California sharp cheddar." And um, it was not good. It was very bad. Wow. Um, why my liquor store has blocks of cheese is beyond me. But um, it's like a convenience liquor store. It's, yeah, like it's, it's the L.A. bodega style. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but but why it has blocks of cheese? I, I get why it has slices of cheese, like cheese is like slices. But the block cheese is weird. Anyway, yeah. we made that tonight, and it's really good. And I highly recommend it. It's pretty easy. It just requires effort. And I do think that grating the cheese makes a difference. I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. So That's interesting, but yeah, it's it's you can go you know six ounces of uh, macaroni, six ounces of evaporated milk, six ounces of cheese. You can play with those proportions however you like. This is always one to one. Yeah, very nice. What'd you have for dinner? I had um, uh, 
what is it called? Garlic sauce, not garlic sauce. Oh, creamy garlic uh, uh, pork chops. You made that? Yes, I did. See, we're we're, we're cooking boys over here. We're, yeah. we're a pair of chefs these days. We're adults. <laughs> did you make that in your Instant Pot? I certainly did. I make everything in the Instant Pot. Except mm-hmm. for my vegetables, I make everything in the Instant Pot. There you go. My, my vegetables I steam over my, my oven. You don't bake your chicken, huh? No. No. Hmm. I mean, the Instant Pot is pretty much baking. You know, it's not, not baking. That. I mean, but it's it's just like an airtight oven at the end of the day. It's don't you put in water in there every single time? No. No, it, it's dependent on the... Oh, okay. Uh, on the, the recipe. And usually you want, like, water in it so, like, it steams. But you put a thing in there to keep the chicken above the water. Yeah, I know, but then you're still steaming it. I mean, like, because I, I, yeah. I bake my chicken just in the oven. I do a really good, nice chicken. I've discovered the uh, to, how to make a perfect chicken breast, and um, I just really go simple with it. Like, it's just like the brining it for 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, you trim it, brine it for 30 minutes, throw it in the oven. You get the oven up to about 4, 450. And then when you do that, you can get that chicken breast done in about 17 minutes or less. And yep. um, it is nice and moist. But what I do, though, before I throw it in the oven – I brush it with olive oil um, or butter, depending on what I have available. And then I use, I just happen to have bought um, Stubbs uh, chicken rub. Oh, okay. I know. From Stubbs Barbecue. And I just yeah. throw that on there. I just put a shit ton of that on there. Yeah. And then I cook that up and set about, about 17 minutes. I have a nice thermometer that I can check that it's 165 degrees interior. When it's that, I pull it out. I put it underneath tinfoil for five minutes to rest. And then I got myself, and I also put a little bit of um, olive oil on the bottom of the baking dish. Yeah, um, you got to do that. And I come up with a nice crispy skin and uh, a delightfully juicy chicken every single time. See, I go skinless on all my on all my chicken. Mm. Skin's not good for you. Yeah, but it's tasty. It is tasty, but, you know, we got to look out. We We have a family of blood pressure problems, so... Tell me about it. All right. So we're six minutes into this fucking show. And we're talking about food. It, it's a bacon with the Farachis. <laughs> Manja with the Farachi boys. Uh, yep. We got any Marvel news this week? We got some, we got some chef news for you. <laughs> All right. Alton Brown opening a new restaurant. <laughs> um, we'll start with, uh, it looks like Hawkeye is finished filming. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, What's his face? Put on Instagram. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Owner of the Renner app. Owner of the Renner app, uh, which I, I imagine that probably had recipes on it, right? I don't know if it did. I had nothing on it. It had nothing. It was pictures it of Jeremy Renner. Song, didn't it? it had pictures of Jeremy Renner, his song, and people trolling. That was it. That was all it had. And like you could buy camping gear, I think, right? Probably. Yeah. And then Chris Pratt did one as well, I think, but he didn't get as much shit. Um, yeah. So he put a thing on Instagram saying, last day for now. This isn't goodbye. It's a see you soon. Thank you, cast, crew, and Marvel. So we'll see. We'll see if it's the last one for now or not. Uh, I mean, it's, not, it's never over for these guys. Yeah, but like, if like, are they going to do another season? Are they going to? Who knows? Who knows? You know, he could well, he could die off. They could he, kill him. Yeah, they could kill Hawker at this point, but they're not going to yet. So he would be, I think, one of the more effective deaths because he has a family. And that yeah, but the thing is nobody likes him. So uh, I like not, him. I love Hawkeye. Way. I love Hawkeye in these movies. I really do. Like You're Jeremy Renner, guy. whatever. I got, I got no, ish, no feeling either way about Jeremy Renner at the end of the day. 
but I like Hawkeye. I like that character. I like how they've written him in, in these movies. And I think Renner does a good job with it. Well, you're the guy who'd miss Hawkeye. I, I'm guessing they figure a lot of people would. Otherwise, why, why would they give him a TV show? Because they're introducing new characters to take over the mantle. That's what this whole this whole phase is about. But you figure they they you know you could do that in the first episode. He gets killed off, and then you have a new Hawkeye. You would do a whole series with him. Well, because it's not this is not worth killing him. It's worth keeping him around so they can show up and do shit and show yeah. up and like do cameos or whatever. But yeah. you don't necessarily want to keep running around the payroll. I mean, maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah, well, who knows? Um, at the same time, James Gunn. Uh, tweeted the front page of his Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special uh, script, which Mm -hmm. he says takes place after Thor 4, but before Guardians 3, and appears to have um, uh, Luke Skywalker in it. Yeah, Mark Hamill quote tweeted that and said, I have a bad feeling about this. Yes. Um, Which is obviously, uh, seems to be a hint that Hamill is going to be in it because they did a little bit of back and forth. It wasn't just Hamill doing a joke about holiday specials. It seemed like it was more, it does seem like his casting is probably is a joke about holiday specials to be fair. Um, But it does seem as though he is cast. Now this is not guaranteed. This could still just be people fucking around on Twitter. When was, when does the first guardians take place? That that opening sequence when, when he's a kid, 2014. Oh, when's he a kid? Oh, it's the 1980s, I think. But like, like he's too young to have re- to remember the holiday special, right? The Star Wars holiday special. No, he's the right age. Is he the right age? You, it's you know the thing is, I don't think it makes a difference if the character would or would not be too young. It's what James Gunn writes the character to remember. He would yeah. have been alive when it came out, so I think that was. I mean, uh, so was I, but I w- I was one, so so I don't know if that counts. You know, like all that it has to be is that oh, when I was a kid, my cousin had the um you know, had the VHS tape and we yeah, watched it yeah. all the time. You know, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. He was born but, in 1980. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. So he's like, born after the, after the special. And I think that he was kidnapped in like 2000 in, in, in 88. Then that must be the year he was taken. Probably around there. Probably around there. But either way, I mean, I think Hamill's going to be in because Hamill's also from what I've seen is not the kind of guy who's going to take somebody else's tweet and just make fun of it. Unless right. he's like interconnected in it in some way. So. No, hundred percent. It definitely feels like Hamill's going to be in it, which is pretty yeah. exciting to get Mark Hamill in, in star in uh, the Marvel universe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Luke Skywalker uh, and the Joker. Look at that. He's some would tell you the best Joker. Uh, I would not argue that. I would not argue that. He's definitely up there. Um, on the on, on the old old guy who doesn't give a shit side of news, Russell Crowe just told everybody that he's playing Zeus and Thor: Love and Thunder. He just came out and said it. I love it. Him and Alfred Molina just doing the shit, man. I love it. Just like, I don't care. I'm old. I'm rich. You know, he doesn't care. Yeah. And it does seem like there's going to be a bunch of gods. There's a big rumor on Reddit that a bunch of the, um, a bunch of the Irish Celtic gods are going to be in this one as well. The Danans. Yeah. So it seems like likely that Marvel is opening up the, uh, the God world. I got some sirens back there. Can you hear those? I can. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty intense here in the yeah. here in the recording. The what I like to call the recording studio. Uh, yeah, but it seems like Marvel's bringing in the gods, and it seems like that's probably a big phase four ed, uh, thing. I mean, the Eternals themselves are god adjacent anyway. Yeah. Um, but to bring in like Hercules and guys like that who Hercules, have Zeus, yeah, long Irish histories. gods. If that's true, the Celtic gods. If that's true, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, so that's exciting. We'll see where that goes. Uh, at the same time, Disney and Sony have reached a deal 
where all Sony movies will be on Disney Plus or Hulu. <laughs> so that's uh, uh, through 2026. So that means the Spider-Man movies will be coming to Disney Plus in due time. Eventually, it's when they're done that when they're not done on Netflix. So, but but um, this also includes older movies. So that right. means Far From Home and uh, uh, those not still have them. Obviously, um, it uh, still it still depends on what on the, the Raimi Spider Man's the um, the Amazing's. I mean, I don't know if those are on Netflix right now. I don't know what the deal is with Netflix. They have to get over the whatever whenever they expire on Netflix is when they can move to Disney Plus. All yes. all Sony movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, the big news here is not anything to do with Marvel. Um, it's to do with the fact that Sony quite clearly does not ever intend to do its own streaming service. Well, I mean, this seems real genius to me from Sony's side because they got Netflix paying them for it, for these movies, and then Disney paying them again for these movies. So they get paid twice for the same movie. Well, that's how licensing works. You just get, I know, I know, but, but, but like, like they've already got it set up. They're like pre like, okay, here we go. Done. Like, why try and get into the streaming service business right now? It's so That's the thing. It's, it's too crowded, right? So Sony yeah. has looked at the at the landscape and said, "There's no reason to get into this right now. Um, yeah. We're just going to side with Disney. We think that Disney's the winner." And Disney probably came with them with a good deal because Disney wants those Spider-Man movies. Yeah, Disney wants Spider-Man movies. Sony knows all they have is the Spider-Man movies, so, so that's also part of it. At the end of the day, you know. Like they, there's not much going on at Sony that people are excited about. I don't think when it comes to movies, not nothing I can think of. Well, it's possible that they're going to be also getting um, the Emoji Movie franchise. Oh well, there you go. Oh, I guess they have Jumanji, so that's actually yeah, Jumanji will show. Uh, but wait, yeah, did they have Jumanji? Movie, that's not Fox. That is not Fox. That is according to Deadline Library rights to franchises like Spider Man, Jumanji, Hotel Transylvania. Hmm. So, which Hotel Transylvania 2 is pretty popular from, from what I understand. It's so funny. You know, Disney adding all of these non-Disney um, cartoons to the Disney Plus apps app feels like it's really devaluing the Disney Plus. Yeah. Like when I scroll through and it's some bullshit Fox cartoon and I see but it like, there, like I go, are, are they going to add the Fox? Well, the Fox cartoons are right there. Disney. Yeah, those are. But that, like, will Hotel Transylvania be on Disney Plus or will that be on Hulu? Disney Plus. Those are PG movies. But they might want to keep them separate because, like you're saying, it's like, hey, this is our animated stuff. They put great trash on Disney Plus now. I mean, Disney's made plenty of straight trash on their own. Yeah, but I think this straight trash that's in-house has the charm of being in-house straight trash. It's when they're putting these, like, especially some of these bad Fox attempts to To make Disney movies um, that are, you know, that are, like, sort of, like, feels weird. And, like, maybe there are people out there who are listening who are big fans of or he even worked on ice age the ice age movies which is not to put these movies down but like to put ice age next to frozen or whatever is weird to me yeah it's just such a different tone in every possible way you know who doesn't care the kids who watch it (laughs) that's the thing well you know what's funny is that i actually let me just tell you this they don't care now, but the long-term health of Disney as a brand is about getting kids hooked on what Disney is as a brand early and maintaining that. And if you dilute the brand so that Disney kids identify, you know, um, the the Peanuts three D Peanuts movie with yeah. Disney, does that hurt their uh, association with the brand? No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out. I think you're fearing that we are all legally obligated to watch Disney products. 
We have no option in this anymore. Right now, but none of these fucking monopolies last, baby. Yes, that's true. That's true. So, all right, what else we got for news? Uh, We got uh, Olivia Coleman is in talks to join Marvel's Secret Invasion series. Two people, not just her. Yeah, well, she's in talks, and Amelia Clark is apparently signed. So, it's very funny. It's very funny that Olivia Coleman, um, when she's signed, like in talks for something like this, people are like, whoa, Olivia Coleman, that's crazy. Like, she's this like Oscar lady. Um, and, um, I don't, that's not where I know her from. No, no. You know her from her British sitcom stuff. Yeah. Yep. That's the thing. I know her from British sitcoms. So yep. it's like really wild when people <laughs> immediately. I double entendres in, uh, in Hot Fuzz. That's why. Oh, I oh, she's definitely Hot Fuzz. I really remember yeah. her from Peep Show. Yeah, but no, like she, but I always like the first time like she ever stood out to me. Like, oh, she's really good. Was Hot Fuzz because I'm Did not a big fan of Peep Show. You didn't see Peep. You didn't watch Peep Show. I, I watched the first couple episodes. I couldn't get into it. Oh, it's so good, and she is so good as 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 Soph. She's so fucking funny, and it's so filthy. And so when people are like, "Whoa, Olivia Coleman joining the Marvel Universe, bringing in a little bit of prestige," I'm like, "My man, this is Big Soph. This is she's like this is like Peep Show is the darkest, nastiest show anybody's ever yeah. done." <laughs> also, as in terms of prestige. Multiple Academy Award winning actors have been in Marvel movies. Already. Yeah, I know, but there's something because she just won one recently, and people only discovered her recently in America. Yeah. In America, yeah. they yeah. only discovered her recently that she feels like fresh and exciting, and she's like, connected to like Fleabag, and she's connected to yeah. like The Crown to people, yeah. and because she won the Oscar for The Favorite, um, yeah. that people think, oh well, she's high and mighty, but like she's a fucking British sitcom actor who is unbelievably hilarious and i'm so excited to see her be funny on in yes. a Marvel movie. yeah but like Marvel you show. know i mean glenn close is is in guardians of the galaxy right yeah so, you know what she's not very good in it though it's kind of fascinating and she's it? not but it's kind of fascinating that she shows up and she's just not that not that she's bad or anything like that she's got nothing to do she's got nothing to do and she doesn't have yeah. yeah it's just not that interesting like it's like they nailed glenn close and they don't really give her a role no, it, um, it felt like somewhere they're like, oh, it'd be fun if she shows up for a cameo. And then like, oh, we didn't do anything with her. Oh, right. no. She just asked people to explain exposition stuff. Amelia Clark, very exciting. I really like her very much. Yeah, she's a very good actress. She's really great. And I did not see her her Terminator though. So I, I it's awful. That. And no, I I'm not holding that movie against anybody except the people who actually made it. Um uh, but I'm excited to see what she's doing. I'm a little bit concerned that these actors are gonna show up in like um not exciting roles. Yeah. Like I want these actors to show up in an Avengers movie. Do you know what I mean? Like I want them to be yes. like, there's like a rumor that Amelia Clark might be playing Jessica drew, AKA okay. spider woman. Yeah. But I suspect that's not the case. Um, because there's an, uh, there's a, a, there's a spider woman movie in development at Sony. Yeah. Um, but maybe, I don't know. I mean, Jessica drew is a shield agent, so it's possible. Um, or she could be like the scroll empress or something like that, but whatever it is, I just like these actors, so I'm excited to see them showing up in the show. I agree. I agree. I'm also excited. We'll see what happens. And then finally, I, uh, Captain America 4 is in the works with uh, Malcolm Spellman, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier showrunner Malcolm Spellman working on the script right now. Yep. That is very exciting. It's a big Also deal. suggest no, no season two <laughs> would be the feeling on that, you know? 
I would suspect that you're right, but I suspect that that, that this doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I suspect that no season two, but is there a Nomad TV show starring Bucky Barnes? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it doesn't make a difference if there's a second season of these shows. Or, or is it U.S. Agents and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think it yeah. makes a difference if the difference if these shows have second seasons. It's all one show anyway. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's at the end of the day, it's all one show. It, it doesn't really matter if there's like a series. They want you to watch every single one of these. Yes, it's all connected. It's all it flows. It's all flowing through each other, and. You know, and it, I have no issue with like I'm I'm excited to see, you know, Anthony Mackie starring in the movie with a big budget where they can really do the effects and they don't just use the same four sets you know, or locations <laughs> over and over again. So, man, I watched the first two episodes of Shadow and Bone on Net, on Netflix this weekend. Yeah. Um, the new YA fantasy adaptation they have. Yeah. And like it was like, man, why is Disney not spending this money? Like, it's crazy to me. It's truly bonkers to me that Disney's not spending this money, because um, or we the finale of For All Mankind. Yes, that show looks like it costs a gazillion dollars an episode. Yes, yeah, that show looks very expensive. And um, even when the effects aren't like perfect, like that the fi- the final on um, For All Mankind, the final zoom to Mars was not a perfect effect. But like whatever, like everything else looks so good and like they're 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 clearing big musical big music you know big songs um it's just it's crazy to me that disney's not spending money on these fucking tv shows it's so weird i feel like they spent money on wandavision but i know i think they shot everything on because i think because everything was shot on sets and it was supposed to look like sets it worked yeah yeah yeah, the fin- the finale did not look like they spent money on it. It was no, ju- they, it was like, just like Winter Soldier. It was CW right. uh, level CG and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, which is the same thing with this show. Like all of a sudden they get out into the big finale and it's sort of like, oh, this is supposed to be New York City, but it's, it looks like a street in Toronto to me. Well, um, I, I guess we'll probably discuss this more in a moment, but it is shocking to me that in Falcon and Winter Soldier, the opening action scene is better than the f- than the ending action scene. You know, like it feels like they spent more money in the first episode than they did in the last episode. It does feel that way. I mean, which is funny. They probably spent more money on the last episode because that was all CGI. And in the first episode, they're playing, I think they're flying with a helicopter around. But in the last episode, okay. that's just all CGI. That's just, that's just pixels yes. fighting. Yeah. That's probably very expensive, frankly. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you in on something. You can tell. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> But um, it is weird, though, they're not spending money on these shows, and I would like to see them change that fucking up a little bit. I would like to see them spend a dime on these shows because, again, watching Shadow and Bone, like, big sections of it take place at, like, this army camp, and there's, like, hundreds of extras in the background. And the show's not great, but, like, there's a sense of scale that makes it feel like you're watching a thing. Yeah. Same with The the Nevers. I watched the first two episodes of The Nevers, which – It was expensive as hell, right? It's so expensive for something so boring. It's, I mean, it's just steampunk X Men, right? Um, but I mean, uh, at least if, if it was steampunk X Men, at least there might be like action, like something happening. It's just so dull. The whole Maybe that's where the money is not going. It's not going to action. Um, yeah. But still, like the sets look incredible on that. Like they yes, truly the sets and the effects look great too. Yeah, the, the effects, effects are great. Are great. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. I'm hopefully, hopefully, with the Captain America four will look big. And the movies look pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that they're really hamstrung by the fact that they can't shoot too much outdoors because they're afraid of spoilers. 
yeah, just get over it. I think that that Shadow and Bone could just shoot outdoors all fucking day because they didn't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there were people who were into the YA novels and they could take pictures or whatever, but it wasn't going to be like that big a deal. Yeah. Um, so, but with these things, they fucking zealously guard. But I mean, now we've got the volume or we, Disney has the volume. I see. Well, that's we, what like, I'm really curious movies. about into the next f- a ser- bunch of these shows. Are they yeah. going to start using that technology? Cause the Mandalorian looks unbelievable. Yeah. The Mandalorian looks amazing. Like I remember finding out they were shooting all that shit in a fucking room, and I was like, "You get out of here! Like, get, get the <laughs> yeah. fuck out of here! Is this going to be a play?" <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, once, once I watched the episodes, and they were like, "Oh, yeah. we shot all this in front of a fucking screen." I was oh, like, "Get the fuck! This is incredible looking." Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's endlessly amazing. And um, I imagine Marvel sooner or later will be like, "We should be using that." Like, I, God willing. Like Feige, get on the phone, and be like, "Hey, I want that." I want, we make more money than Star Wars. Give us that. God willing. Yeah. Uh, so Captain America 4 is exciting. I know both the guys that are writing that movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. The other writer isn't the ex of a friend Dan of mine. Dan Musan? Uh, Dalan Musan? Dalan? Yeah. Dalan, I don't know. I'm yeah. probably saying it all wrong. Uh, you are saying it all wrong. Um, Dalan. Um, he's, he's, he's the ex of a friend of mine. Uh, so I've, I've, I've met that dude and, uh, I've, I've, I've known Malcolm a little bit. Um, so that tea, uh, I will not, (laughs) I will not spill that tea. That tea stays unspilled today. Um, but it's weird though, when like two guys that you knew like a hundred years ago are doing a captain America, that's pretty crazy. That is wild. That is wild. Um, that is pretty crazy. So God bless them both. I mean, Dallin worked on the show. He was a writer on the show, worked with Malcolm on the show. So yeah, um, they're definitely spinning it forward from this. I mean, who knows what they're going to do with it, uh, who the characters will be, what the villain will be. Um, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, all in due time. And then there is also the big rumor that they're doing a, another Steve Rogers movie as well, but I don't think that's true at all. But we'll see. I mean, it is interesting, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, although we should be getting to the show already. It's already been 30 minutes. Um, well, we that, spent 10 minutes on cooking. So. Well, that, it's really interesting that they don't answer the question of what's up with Steve Rogers in this episode. They go back to the moon thing again. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty interesting, I think. So I think they're leaving it intentionally vague. They're leaving it intentionally open. Yeah, that's 100% what's yeah. happening. They're leaving it vague so that somebody else can come along and do a thing, or they haven't yeah. written Chris Evans out from ever showing up in the show again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so. what's going on there. All right. Is that it for news? That's it for news. Let's get some jokes. Let's get some jokes. Uh, we did that one. We did that one. <laughs> what do you call the rhino in a phone booth? What do you call the rhino in a phone booth? Stuck. Pretty good. Pretty good. How did the vulture learn to fly? How did the vulture learn to fly? He winged it. Pretty good. Not bad. Not bad, frankly. All right. Not bad. What, what crime did Dr. Bleh. What crime did Dr. Octopus commit at the bank? What crime did Dr. Octopus commit at the bank? Armed robbery. Honestly, pretty good. Again, we got three good ones in a row. None of these are hey, terrible. All connected to Marvel. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm re- yeah. very impressed. We we got we got we got them, boys. We got them. Yeah, good we good work. <sighs> all right, we survived another round of jokes. We got 27 minutes into this episode before we even began talking <laughs> about the show. We want to talk about the show itself. 
Yeah, I guess. All right. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Season 1, Episode 6 of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, One World, One People. So a lot of shows lately, they'll do like, it's a thing I've seen a few, a bunch of times. I think it began with Buffy, I think. Um, the the big climax episode is the, is the penultimate episode, and then the final episode of the season is like a cleanup episode. That yeah. is not how this show does it. This show yeah. had the slow pause last week. And now is ending in an episode length fight scene. This whole this whole episode is essentially one fight scene. It's the third act of a movie, basically. Well, the, the, this episode split in, almost directly split in two, where it's a big fight scene, and then the denouement. Right, is the second half of the episode. So, and spoiler alert: I like the second half better. Well, let's talk about that. Was it okay. all right? Uh, the uh, episode opens pretty much where the last episode ended with the GRC meeting getting um, uh, fucked up by the uh, Flag Smashers. They throw smoke bombs. They throw high-tech smoke bombs. Yeah, they're they're glowing glowing. They, they They look like goblin, like the, the Green Goblin's bombs from Spider-Man. Yeah, I wonder if that's on purpose or like – it's just so funny. Like, like probably somebody on set was like, these have to look more sci-fi. Like why yeah. – I mean, they just could have been smoke bombs. I mean like I don't yeah. – really, they're, they're like sci-fi smoke bombs. Well, it's great because um, later on, uh, uh, Batrock just has smoke bombs, just regular smoke yes, bombs. Yes, he, he does. Yeah. Uh, he's got fucking smoke bombs out of a fucking grenade yeah, launcher. Yeah, he's um, awesome. them. It's pretty so um, the, the thing is I'm, I'm going to sum a lot of stuff up pretty quickly here. Actually, this is all part of Carly's plan is to make the GRC evacuate and then kidnap them. Yep. So as Bucky and uh, arrives on the scene, um, he's on the radio with Sam and Sam tells him that backup is there. And then some dude tugs on Bucky's shoulder and he's wearing a, uh, a super high tech face mask and it's Sharon Carter under there. Yes. Which brings my first question. How far away is Madripoor that Sharon Carter gets there before Bucky, who's already in New York, or Sam, who's in Louisiana? Well, this is the thing. There's there's a problem with this episode. Yes. In this whole series, which is that Sharon Carter makes no sense. Nothing that she does in this whole series makes any sense based on the reveal at the end here that she's the power broker. The only thing that makes sense is that she's already in New York because she knew that the flag smashers were coming to New York. Yes. That's the only, but then, so she, but how Bucky and Sam don't get that is like crazy to me because you're right. How does she get from Madripoor to New York so fast? Yes. Only if she was already on her way there from the minute she hired Batrock. Yes. Which probably is the case. She hired Batrock and then she's going to show up and take care of these fucking guys in person. That's yes. like her whole plan. Um, and it's which second to, question? Why did she hire Batrock? She has Carly's phone. She keeps texting her throughout the entire season. She knows where Carly is at all times. I mean, she needs the assist. I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. It only it only made sense when she wasn't the power broker. It only made sense when she was helping well, Sam. I have a deeper theory. What's that? I don't think that's Sharon Carter. I so. Think- it's a scroll. This would have been the only time I would have been happy to see a character turn into a scroll at the end of an episode yep. Yep. because that would have that would have made everything else that was dumb work. Yeah. 
That isn't what happens. Spoiler. That isn't what happens. But but I I would not be surprised if in Secret Invasion we learned that Sharon Carter. It's the only thing that makes any fucking sense. But we'll get to that because we'll talk about yeah. Sharon at the very end. So, um, everybody's evacuating, um, and uh, they are evacuating into like Carly's plan, and. Uh, all of a sudden, Captain America's shield flies through the window and nails a, a thug in the face. And then here comes Sam in his new outfit. Yes. Not a great hero shot. Not a great hero shot. Uh, I'm going to say something here. Um, and it's that, frankly, Anthony Mackie's got to shave his goatee. I do not disagree with you at all. It does not look good in this outfit. It just doesn't work. It's it's dorky looking. And when I looked when I, when, I, when I looked at the Falcon as Captain America in the comics, he doesn't have the goatee in the. Okay. He's had like a goatee and a mustache in the past. Yeah. Like that's been a thing. Yeah. He doesn't have it, and I really feel like it does not work in this outfit at all. I don't disagree. Um, and so for the movie, uh, man, Anthony, you gotta shave it. Sorry, yeah. man. I, I know I, you might like it. I will say. The suit looks fantastic. It's a cool suit. It's, I mean, it's really comics accurate. Comics accurate. Great looking suit. I, I loved it. I love looking at it. I imagine for the movie, they'll get rid of the actual uh, piece over his eyes and CG that in. Right. Because you can tell he's very uncomfortable. Right. And he's, uh, at least that's my theory is that he's very uncomfortable wearing that, that it, it maybe gets hot under that thing and his eyes are drying out because he's blinking a lot. Um, but I think he looks fantastic in it, aside from the goatee. I, I think – Yeah, the goatee is his problem. I also think that his neck is, doesn't have enough flexibility. Um, there's like stuff, again, I think in the movie when they do a movie costume, and as you say, they do a lot of CGI enhancement. I think that will be very different. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it, work, it works here. It's, it's, it's cool. Um, so uh, they um, – so Sam is up there, and he starts fighting Batrock. And Batrock is like, this is a pretty good exchange there. He's like, what are you looking for? Baguettes, French fries, which is dumb, but I, I thought it was funny because Mackie sells it, I think. Yeah. Um, Carly gets on the phone with Bucky. Buck, Bucky Barnes, phone moron. <laughs> <laughs> she gets on the phone with Bucky. Like, first off, good- you're running to save people, and someone walks up to you and goes, Bucky, phone call. And he's like, oh, okay, thanks. And he takes it. <laughs> It's like, really, Bucky? It's Mr. Bucky moment. Barnes. Yeah. Mr. Bucky Barnes to white courtesy phone. Mr. Bucky yeah. Barnes to white courtesy phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's the bad guy. So I get it. Like, he has to stop and, like, have the bad guy conversation. And I like this bit because he has the opposite conversation that she had with Sam. Yes. They both are doing their own version of, like, a Captain America talk. Yes. But Bucky's is way darker. Um, yeah. which is like, this destroys you. You will be destroyed by this. You know what I mean? Like, that's like his whole thing. And I, I, I really liked it. I thought that was a good scene. I thought, I, I, I think, I, I think it's a that. great scene. I think it's a great little speech that he has. I think Sebastian Stan does a really good job with it. I think it's real goofy. They just stands there on the phone when he knows that they're getting away with the hostages and just stands in a stairwell and talks until until Carly's like, okay, thanks. Got to go. And he's like, oh shit, I forgot. We're in the middle of a fight. Like, like it's so <laughs> Um, so, uh, but they have a good, they have this good conversation about ideology and stuff like that. And, you know, Bucky's just like, you're not going to change the world. Um, and he's like, I thought that I was trying to change the world a couple times and look where I ended up. Yeah. He um, says he, f- he failed twice, which I know once I can't think of the second time. 
I'm going to assume that he's taught. I'm trying to think now. The first time, obviously, was World War II. Yes. Um, and then I'm going to guess that the second time he's talking about, like, the events of Civil War-ish. I guess. It's a little unclear. Yeah, it's a little. Maybe because he's talking about, maybe it's Infinity War. We're stopping War. Thanos? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Sure. I don't know. It's, like, sort of hard to sort of hard to really parse that. Yeah. What's happening though is the GRC members are being put on helicopters and they're being put into armored vans, but it turns out that the flag smashers are in control of both and they're putting these weird locks on the vans. Yeah. And um Bucky is uh chasing the vans with a motorcycle. Uh at first Falcon is like they're getting away in a helicopter and Bucky's like no no you're the one you're the guy that flies. I, uh, now again this is something that confused me in time and place. Because Bucky gets on a, a motorcycle and he drives out of, of the garage. And he's driving out of, but when it cuts outside, he's coming out of the police station for, in Baltimore that they hang out in front of like four episodes ago. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. That's it's because the same they building. have, they do all their shooting on two alleyways. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It just made me laugh. I was like, it's the same building. Yeah. It's literally the same building. Um, you know, I feel really bad because I've enjoyed this show, uh, but these these nitpicks are so impossible for me to get past. It's like crazy. Um, Because it's like, it's a bummer. You know, it's like, come on guys. It's Marvel. It's Disney. You've got the money. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. No, I, I, I I fundamentally agree. Um, In the garage, where 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 Bucky has left with the motorcycle. Sharon um, does a thing where she like pretends to be a GRC person escaping, and she bumps into one of the super soldiers, and she uh, puts a, like a, a a grenade in his pocket, and she kills him. Yeah, it's like a chemical grenade. It's mercury it vapor and away. other things, and it melts yes. him. Yeah, it's, yeah pretty, it's pretty nasty. It's pretty nasty indeed. Yeah. And it's funny, even at this point, I was like, well, maybe she isn't the power broker because she's just a fucking secret agent, like. Yeah. These people kill people. Like that's the deal. Like so, I would I would have been okay with that. But yeah. Anyway, um, Sam leaves Batrock behind. I Sam does a thing that I like when superheroes do this, where he's just like, I'm not fighting you anymore. <laughs> he yeah, just, just like, he just jumps out the window. I loved it. He's yeah, like, really all right, it. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. he's like, this is, this is more important shit happening. This is a this is a distraction. He recognizes that this is a distraction. That's I guess the whole reason why Sharon hired Batrock was to distract Sam as much as possible, probably. I guess. Um, so but he realizes it's a distraction. He's like, okay, fuck, fuck off. I'm just getting out of here. And he just flies out the window and he goes after the helicopter and um, he confirms that one. He sends Red Wing to do like a facial recognition thing on everybody in the helicopter to see if anybody can fly a helicopter. Yes. And it turns out one can. Yes. Um, so then he has to then stop. He has saves a heli- another helicopter crew, an NYPD helicopter crew. Yes, this is a great gets sequence. It's a really great sequence. Yes. Um, I hate that he's saving NYPD, frankly. Um, I don't mean to get super political here. Um, but like the show's political. Yeah. And like the black man saving the cops. I guess there's like a I'm, – I'm, I'm pro that. You know what I mean? Like in the real world and stuff. But like I wish this was like a news crew. Frankly, yes, yeah. I wish yeah. it was just apolitically a news crew because he doesn't make a mention of it. Nobody mentions anything about it. There's yeah. no, you know what I mean? Like it just happens. And um, well, the, although the, there is a, I, I want when we get to it, I want to discuss it. But but there, there's something I saw a bunch of people talking about online that I think people are misreading something throughout the season, and I think you are as well, right here. But we'll get to it. I probably am. I mean, like I'm not misreading it. I understand. I think that. <sighs> I just have like a real problem with cops. So yeah. 
So I don't, I don't want to see them getting saved. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see them in danger either. I don't want to see them no. period. Like, I don't want them involved. Like, yeah. like if there's going to be cops, like this should, I, I just wanted this to be a news crew. I just <laughs> want it to be a news crew. Like what, what, what if he pulled one out of the helicopter as it's crashing and then the cops like, Oh, thank you. And he just goes a cab and he drops them. <laughs> he's carrying the cop and the cop just opens fire on him they're 500 feet in the air he just fucking over reflexively opens fire on him he's got a gun <laughs> <laughs> but what's really cool is that when he uh, saves the cops the helicopter crashes on him yes. and he uses the shield to uh, to send the helicopter the, flying the over the side and, of the bridge and his wings which and his wings he dig, digs them into like, the ground I feel like it's a real smart way of telling us he's got vibranium wings yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense, isn't it? Yeah, right? yeah that, that is the case. It means Wakanda, so, um, so uh, it's you know, but it's it's a pretty good action scene. It, it, it works pretty well, and then he goes back up and he redoes his move from the opening scene, opening scene of the uh, series. Yes, he flies through the cockpit and just fucking grabs the dude. But this time he uses the shield first. Yes, he uses the shield first. Yeah, um, and then the lady has to go to take the controls and save the the helicopter before it crashes into oh. the water. There's one thing I forgot when he saves the cops and the helicopter crashes on the bridge and whatnot. And there's a bunch of people standing around clapping. It cuts to an old man who goes, that's the black Falcon. And some other guy goes, no, that's captain America. I think that old black man is the grandfather of the kid from a few episodes ago who called him black Falcon. (laughs) And was like, that's what my grandpa said. Your name is. Certainly could be. Yep. Certainly could be. Uh, I mean, that was like a nice bit. Like, you know, so I, you know, I, here's the thing. I'm not, I don't think I'm misunderstanding the cop stuff. And I don't think that they did the cop stuff like fully thoughtlessly. Yeah. It just it, like in the moment and in the past, over the, with the events of the last couple of weeks, it's just, and this is not their fault. Like they wrote the show years ago, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like watching it and having it not be at all touched upon by the characters in any way was just like, I just really wanted something. You know what I mean? I wanted something. I wanted Sam to make a a crack. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just wanted something. I don't know. Um, But again, that's why I wanted it to be a news crew because that would depoliticize the entire thing. And that feels like a classic um, superhero scenario. Um, you know, he, you, you, you want like in Blade when he's fighting the vampires in the hospital and he's clearly saving people and the cops just open fire on him and he turns around and he's like, motherfucker, what the hell? I mean, I don't want that necessarily, <laughs> but I do want him to like, I don't know. It's a great uh, scene in Blade though. No, it's a great scene in Blade. I mean, but like, I don't want that necessarily. Again, I think I just want this, just remove the police because I just don't want to deal with the yeah. police these days. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're going to lose listeners because of that. Um, so Bucky is fighting the flag smashers on the streets. He does a pretty good thing um, by he uh, jumps off his bike by hitting a, a, a concrete pylon. It's actually yes. pretty cool. I wish he first started with my name is Bucky Barnes and this is Jackass, but he does not <laughs> before he does that because that feels like a jackass maneuver. It is pretty cool though. So he's it trying to open, cool. he's trying to open the doors. Carly decides that what she's going to do is the classic. This is my favorite villain move. Which is we're going to distract him by trying to kill people. Yes, this is the number one villain move because again, in superhero stories, the hero cannot lose; they yep. will not be killed. So, how do you make the threat credible? You threaten other people. Yes, that's the that, and then make the job of the superhero harder because they have to save people and beat up the bad guy. Yeah, so I like that and, very much, and I love that she calls it right out. That right. she's like, she's like, he'll have to save them. Like, yeah, he's a hero; he has right. to save them. Yeah, but he can't get it open. He's having a hard time. And then all of a sudden, who should show up but John Walker? And uh, he screams for Morgenthau. Yes. And she's like, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to kill your buddy. Um, he wasn't uh, 
he wasn't like part of the plan. I only wanted to kill the hurt people that matter. Yes. Um, which is Carly again and again step putting her foot right in her mouth. Yes. Truly terrible choice. Poor choice. By Carly. Poor choice awards. Makes uh, John Walker very mad. Very, 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 very mad. Yes. Um, and so they fight. What I like in this scene is that they have done um, aggressive foley work to make his shield sound like a garbage can lid. Yes, they really do. Well, it's great because he throws it and she just kicks it and it flies away. And yeah. right when when that happens, she's like, oh, he's still a joke. Yeah. And that's what, like, I like that, that they play it like, no, he's still not Captain America. He's still not what he wants to be. Right, he's not, he and what he thinks yeah. he is, whether he thinks he should be. Uh, but just the sound effect on the shield is just yeah. incredible. It truly is the sound of a garbage can lid again and yeah. again and again. Yeah. Um, so uh, they start beating the shit out of him. Yes. And one of the guys, I like this too. This is a good superhero moment. He picks up, he pulls a meter, a, 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 a parking meter out of the ground. Yeah. And comes to beat the shit out of John Walker. Yeah, love it. Uh, That's very Spider-Man feeling to me. Really a Spider-Man feeling. But Bucky manages to get the GRC people out of the van. He comes in. He saves John Walker in the like, last minute. Um, yeah. So the bad guys, they take off in another van and they they hightail it out of there. And uh, Walker and Bucky have like a little exchange where Bucky's like, I still think you're a dick. Yeah. What does he say? Did you write it down? His exact line? I did not write it down. I'm surprised. Yeah. You're, you're better with the notes than I am. Yeah, I didn't write it down. So she is um, – she takes this van full of people and she um, drives it directly into a construction site, um, this big construction pit. And she jumps out of the van and uh, just at the last second, John Walker stops the van from falling. Oh, wait. No, that's not – you're ahead there. Did I jump ahead? Well, kind of like with the Bucky bit because Bucky gets thrown into the, the pit. And he's right. finding a guy down there when John Walker, when she gets in the van, she knocks out John Walker. She gets in the van, drives off and drives like three blocks and crashes in the same pit that Bucky's in somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really clear what was going on there. <laughs> right. But so the important thing though is that she plans to drop this van in the pit and kill everybody in, on, on board. Yeah. And it is about to go over the side and John Walker saves it. And yes. um, I liked this bit a lot. I, yeah. Because I like John it. Walker has the choice. He looks yes. – she's running away and the van's going over the ledge and he has yeah. this choice. Is he going to chase her and kill her or is he going to stop the van? Well, it, it connects to what she said moments before. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I was watching and I was like, I think people online would be mad about this because they want him to just be a villain. They want him Boy, just to be like a, a one-dimensional villain. But he's not that. He's a complicated, yeah. weird character. Yes. And that's why, again, we talk about Rob Liefeld being like John Walker rules. This is the thing. He's super yes. fucking complicated. Yeah. Um, he's not one thing. No. And he, he is – as somebody I saw put it was like Captain America, Steve Rogers is white. Like in, in the world of black and white – Steve Rogers is white, Thanos is, is or uh, like Red Skull is black. John Walker is the gray. Like he's caught. He's he's a human being. He is not all perfect or all evil. He is a messed up guy and dealing with his own issues. Yeah, but he's I think even more complicated than that because I think that what it is is that John Walker is a guy who is drawn towards the brutal and um, aggressively violent solution, yes. and he wants to be better. Well, a, a, as he said in the last episode, I've lived my life by your protocols. Right. Like he was 
he's military through and through. And they teach you like your, your enemy is not human. Kill them. Blah, 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 blah. All the, the stuff that we always see. He's the most hardcore version of that. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, he's, he's about force, the use of force and, and whatever, but he wants to be better. And that's really an interesting character. And he can still yes. be a villain with, with that. Yes. It doesn't mean he's not still a bad guy or has bad, does bad things or whatever, but he's interesting this way. Yeah. And I love the fact that he decides to save the van. I just think it's such a great thing. And are people mad online about this? I, I haven't. I, I've seen, I've seen a couple of people like, Oh, I can't believe that, that they're, they're going to, uh, whitewash him like this and make him a good guy. Now he's just instantly good. Now and it's like, he's not instantly good. He's still got a long way to go. He's still got a long way to go. I think also the thing that he did that was bad is, um, less, clearly bad than if it was like a civilian or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's still bad obviously, but it's like a little bit less clearly like super evil. Um, if this was just a straight action movie, we wouldn't even question it. (laughs) No, he he killed, he killed one of the people that killed his friend. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch, I watch Mortal Kombat this weekend and I was thinking like this movie is a superhero movie, but it doesn't have superhero movie rules. So the characters can just kill the bad guys like as violently as horrifically as possible. Um, they, they do slasher movie kills on the villains. Um, I was very upset in the, the Jack's fight on the bridge with the spikes at the bottom and then he just crushes the guy's head. It's like, no, you're supposed to, punch him so he goes into the spikes don't you know your fatalities come on yeah i know it was but that you know him doing the rickio head smash is pretty fucking great yeah, i, can't, great. I honestly can't great. complain about that like, no, i mean I, that was yeah. my favorite moment in the movie without a doubt my favorite moment in the movie is when um kung lao uh has the bat lady get cut in half on his hat yeah that was cool that was, that was cool i really fucking enjoyed that that was like yeah. the buzzsaw down the dead the directly down the middle of that bat lady i thought it was pretty great my, my actually my favorite part of the movie is how they spend the first like hour and a half being like it takes a while to learn what your power is and then sonia just instantly has her power i, I like yeah. that a lot yeah yeah uh how does time it's a it's a bad fucking movie but i had a good yes. time watching it it's fun it's fun so um the um Walker is saving the van, but uh, everybody falls into the pit. Uh, events well, he, occur. He's, he's holding the van up, and then the the flag smashers come up and start hitting him, and he gets knocked into the pit, and then the the van starts to fall in, and it stops midair. And there it is, Captain America himself with his yeah. uh, wings spread and his rocket pack going full blast is able to push the van with also the help of dual red wings. I guess he's got now multiple red wings in the back of that sure. thing. Um, they, they act as like uh, booster rockets. You know what it uh, probably is? It's red wing, white wing, and blue wing. That's my guess. Possibly. That's what I would go with. Um, so uh, they are able to push the van back up. And then Sam goes down into the pit to f- finish the fight with the flag smashes. But just then, uh, Batroc shows up with a grenade launcher that only has smoke bombs in it. Yes. Um, which feels weird. But um, that gives the flag smashers the chance to run away. Yes. But they didn't take into account that, uh, that Sam's new outfit was going to have heat tracking. Uh, so he's able to actually follow their footsteps, just like I do in Call of Duty. <laughs> um, I use the tracker perk in Call of Duty. It's I, I can't play without it. Like I need okay. to know that there was a guy in this room a minute ago because yeah. I know there's a guy nearby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it really makes yeah. a difference. So they go into some basement um, because they've expended their entire outdoors budget, and um, now they go into like the Freddy Krueger um, boiler room area. Yes, and um, where, where where John Walker has a Freddy Krueger shot. <laughs> 
by the he way. Does. He really <laughs> does. It's real weird. No, it's not weird because he's like still sort of villainous. I mean, like it sort of makes sense. Like he gets like a horror character. Um, uh, but um, Carly's running around down there. They split up and she's running around and she hears whistling and she thinks that she's following like one of her buddies. But it turns out that she's actually following Sharon Carter. Yeah. And then this is where we realize that Sharon Carter is in fact a power broker. They have this whole conversation about how Sharon had like invited Carly to like her sleepover or whatever and Carly yeah. had betrayed her and how terrible it was. And Carly's like, you said you wanted to make a difference in the world, but you just you just want to make money, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, you just wanted to hurt the world to hurt you. You don't have any ideals anymore. And then at that moment, Batrock shows up and he's like, oh shit, you're the power broker. And he's like, all right, I want four times the pay. And now this is like this Mexican standoff where everybody's like, you know, like uh, uh, ready to shoot each other. But uh, Sharon just shoots fucking Batrog. Yes. And then Carly shoots um, Carly shoots Sharon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know if Batrog's dead or not. He really he looks dead. They they do the, the dead shot, you know? I don't even know if Carly's dead. Carly's dead. Carly's I don't dead. know about that. She is. She's dead. How do you know? Because she dies in Sam's arm. And Sam says later, this girl died. For I know, but like they in. put her on a gurney and then rush her away. Like I feel like Look, they could uh, like resuscitate uh, her in the van, in the ambulance. I don't think so because he she dies and then he gives like a five-minute speech. So really too late to start resuscitation. Also, the show goes out of its way to tell us all the super soldiers are dead. Yeah, I know. So – I don't think that math works, but um, anyway, so this moment now, Sam is up against Carly, and Sam has now ascended into full Captain America hood because Sam's like, Carly, you're right. Like, what your what your beliefs are are right. Like, but just the way you're doing it's wrong, and I'm not going to fight you. It's like yes. I will not fight you, and all that he does is just defend himself from her. He will not fight her. I thought 100. Um, percent I thought he was going to say, "I can do this all day." I really thought he was going to. Um, I was like, "It'll be nice," but it's also you got to let Sam be his own man. I was so happy he does not do it. Well, so it's interesting, right? I kind of, because she says to him, stay down, right? Yes. And so I really wanted him to, as you, as you say, I wanted him to say I could do this all day because I do think that would, that feels right. Yeah. But within the contextual thematics of it, her saying to the black man, stay down, and yeah. him saying no yeah. is powerful on thematic levels. Yes. Um. But it, it does feel a little bit like a missed opportunity, right? A little bit like. But, but I, I think it's important that Sam is his own man, you know. And so if he, if his catchphrase is Steve's catchphrase, doesn't work, you know. He's not yeah, his own I, man. I don't disagree, but I I don't know. I just feel like there's like a way of like saying the thing one time. I I think that's a line you give to uh, to Bucky. Yeah, I guess so. You, you have Bucky say it. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. That's that's how I would go with it. Yeah. But it was interesting because it was, is that moment where you do expect to hear it. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you brought it up because I had that exact same feeling. Um, yeah. Again, it's powerful. Stay down. No. Just that. Just no. Yeah. So um, they're, they're, they're not fighting because Sam won't fight. Like they're having this whole argument and she's just like kind of hitting him and beating him up, frankly, because he's yeah. not a super soldier. He won't she fight is. back. And, and he won't fight back. He won't he fight back. He refuses to fight back. It's pretty good. It's a very rare – use of nonviolence in a superhero movie. Yes. Truly rare. I mean, like I've maybe almost never seen this kind of thing. Aquaman. Aquaman is the only other time I can think of it. Yeah. Um, at the end, which still Aquaman has the best ending of a villain fight where he says, 
when you're ready to talk, I'm ready to listen. I love it so much. I love it's it. good. So good. But things get so heated that Carly finally pulls a gun out and um, bang, we hear a gunshot. But it turns out that Sharon shooting Carly in the back. Yes. And then, and then Carly dies twice in the scene. Actually, she dies twice because she then says, "I'm so sorry" or something like that. Well, because she's like, she's like, I, I, "You were right" or whatever, and like her eyes are wide and she sits there silent. And then it cuts to a different shot, and she's she talks again. It's like, oh, I thought she just died. <laughs> nope. I don't. She, I don't mind that she gets killed. Right. I think that's fine. I do mind that. I think her last words are mealy and shitty. Yeah. And I think that her last words needed to have been one world, one people. So yeah, something like that, or like, there's nothing wrong that's with the, that. That's phrase. the power broker, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> F- FYI, <laughs> heads up. <laughs> no, I think it should have been one more one people because I yeah. think there's nothing wrong with her phrase. That phrase is reasonable, yes. and in fact, it's what Sam turns doesn't say that phrase, but he turns around and makes her argument to the GRC in about two yes. minutes. Yeah, and um, but so before just, that. Well, I'm just saying, like, I just like her, but I, I think that her, her, her final words just don't work. It's just no, me. they don't. They don't. Blah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what happens before that? Uh, we see her buddies following the app, telling them where to go, and they run out into an uh, like an right. alleyway, and John Walker comes out, and I, I didn't write down the line, but he says, uh, he quotes Lincoln, uh, uh mercy without. Vengeance or whatever, vengeance without mercy. I don't remember what it is, but it's a good line. <laughs> it's, it's a nice little line. It's a nice little line from Lincoln. I can't remember it, but he says, it, and then they're surrounded by cops. And the winter, uh, Bucky comes out. He's like, "Nice little app you got here," which means it took the U.S. government six episodes to hack the app, but they finally did it. They finally took my advice. They did. Um, they did it. Uh, the yeah. quote you're looking for is, "I have always found that mercy bears richer fruits than strict justice." There you go. There you go. And he says that, and they, they arrest the, the other super soldiers. And this is when Bucky's like, Lincoln, really? And John Walker's like, what? He was a great man. And he pats John Walker on the back. Bucky pats John Walker on the back. And I like it because if anyone can kind of understand John Walker, it's probably Bucky. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. Bucky 100% can understand John Walker. And um, Bucky, I think, can recognize the idea of a guy trying to do it right. Yeah. A guy who did it wrong trying to do it right. Yeah. I think and he gives him a little bit of space. Although he still he still razzes him because he's Bucky. Yes. He gives him a good old razzin. Mm-hmm. Um so Sam comes flying out with the dead body of Carly, looking like yeah. an angel for all all of us to witness. Oh, very much. D- down to like uh, the helicopter puts a spotlight on him as he's yeah. landing, so he gets a nice little um light on him. And then we have this whole big sequence that really the centerpiece of the episode, frankly. Um, he, he lands, he, he, he brings her in and then we see that everybody's filming. Like this is the other important part. We had seen everybody filming John Walker yeah. and now we see everybody filming, um, Sam and we see everybody, we see the camera, the, the, the TV cameras are on Sam as he gives this big speech because the GRC Senator guy is like, Oh, thanks for stopping these terrorists. Yeah. And, and like, Sam's like, stop, stop calling terrorists. terrorists. I love it. I love this speech. I 100% love this speech. It's a really I, good speech. I think the speech is so important and I, I think it's something I kind of feel like it's a, it, it, it's a ballsy move from like a superhero show at the end of the day where your, your hero who is now Captain America in his first appearance to the world as Captain America is like, like, Hey, giant governments, 
think about why, like, don't just call them terrorists and be like, oh, they're terrorists. What is it that they're after? What, what are you doing that's making them do this? Like, look into who, what, what we are and what we can do to change things. Like, we have the power. Let's change it. Like, and it's a great little, like, a big speech. And, and he goes into, like, don't call them terrorists. Don't call them uh, refugees. Thugs, refugees. Don't call them thugs, which is where I think it connects back to the cops of, like, hey, Black kids aren't thugs. Like, stop that. You know? No, I mean, 100%. But yeah. that's obviously what that, that line is about. But within the yeah. moment when you're watching that scene, he's just saving cops and there's no commentary. But, just but like here's the thing, because I've, I've seen a bunch of people online be like, like, where was this part? Where was Sam like this throughout the whole series? He should have been like this earlier. Until this moment, Sam is a grunt. He's, he's a military grunt. Now he is Captain America. Now he is giving his point of view before he takes orders. Hey, you got to go here and do this. That's what I'm doing. That's his thing. Even like he, Steve Rogers was the voice. Him and Bucky were the grunts. They, they fought. That's what they're, they took orders. Now he's the one in charge. And this is a big moment where we see where he's different from everyone else because he has a different experience than every, every other hero we've seen in the Marvel universe. And it's great. I love it. I think it's so good. Yeah. It's a really good speech. I mean, it, it, it is his blossoming. It's the, the series is about him becoming Captain America and he becomes Captain America. It's not just about yes. putting on this. It isn't about carrying the shield. It isn't about putting on the suit. It's about this speech. This speech yes. is where he becomes Captain America. <laughs> and there's a great bit where the, the woman saying the GRC woman is like, do you think it's fair that governments have to support these people? And he's just like, yes, he just yes. says, yes. 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 Yeah. I no, love it's, it. It's great. great. Um, uh, and he goes on. It's a long speech too. Like it's a long, long speech. And he talks about how when the Thanos snap happened, you know, the, 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 they do give the GRC people some reasonable arguments, including how would you feel if you woke up and found somebody living in your house? And he's like, well, yeah. then you now you understand how other people have felt every single day yeah. for hundreds of years that people who have – been struggling every single day and begging for someone to notice. Now you finally see why don't you turn that attention and understanding and true figure out how to help these people and so how to keep them instead of keeping them down. Yeah. And um, they like you know you know there's no easy decision and Sam's like no of course it's not like it's not easy like that's the thing and the the GRC guy is like oh you don't understand how to be making difficult decisions and Sam says I'm a black man wearing the stars and stripes what don't I understand yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he's then, also got a great line about Carly where he's, he says this, this girl died fighting for what she believed in. And you've never asked what that, what that is. What that is, right. And it's great. It's a great bit. It's, I, and Anthony Mackie murders the hell out of this bit. Like he's so good in this scene. It, oh, I loved it. I loved yeah, he's everything really, really, about it. And he also talks about how, like, you know, him as a black man as Captain America, he knows that people are going to hate him. He can feel it right now standing here in the crowd. Like, he gets it. Like, but, you know, he doesn't have, and he has my favorite line, which is, you know, I don't have super soldier serum. I don't have blonde hair and blue eyes. My only power is the belief that we can be better. Yes. And I thought that's really great. That's like the fundamental Captain America Superman thing. That's well, the it, fundamental it, of it. Yes. I have that in my notes of like, like I, I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, oh, I, I imagine Chris Evans watching it. I mean, like, how come I never got a speech like this? God damn it! Like, <laughs> fuck. I know they do the Captain America Superman speech, and and it, like nothing against Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie again murders it. Does a great, great job. It's a beautiful yeah. speech. But it's like Steve, or Chris Evans played the character for ten years. Never got a chance to have a cool speech. What a he also thing. talks about really interesting stuff too, because he talks about like really. Um, workable solutions, which is not just superhero solutions. We talks about yes. like you make all these decisions every day that impact millions of people, but who's in the room when you make these decisions? Not the people being impacted. It's yeah. other people like you who are super rich. You can feed the whole world in a, with an email 
Um, but you don't do it. Like, why yeah. don't you do it? Like, yeah. and it's because you don't have those starving people there with you. You don't, yeah. he's not saying to them, you're awful. He's not saying you're bad, you're evil. You're, you're just not the world. thinking. You're not thinking. You're not, you're not, you're not taking into account the humanity of other people. Yes. You're keeping it at arm's length. And that's the thing. You've never tried to see it from their perspective. And that's the fundamental argument um, of all, not to get too goofy here, of all spirituality is to understand the, the connection that we all have and to understand that we are all the same and to understand that all that we want is to be happy, to be safe, to be well. And that as long as we can understand that, we can work together to achieve these things for each other. But if we're only interested in our own needs, our own immediate needs we're never going to make we're never going to make the world better for anybody else and we're not even going to make ourselves happy um it's a really terrific i, I really love this speech it, it, it made the other dodgy aspects of the episode fall away goes right me. away this moment on everything is perfect in my opinion except for one thing that we'll get to but like yeah this moment before this moment the episode was like because uh, i don't think the action was very well filmed and and you know whatever but like this moment, I was like, this is it. This has made all six episodes well worth it just for the speech. Like, a beautiful speech, beautifully done by Mackie. I think very well shot, very well directed. Like, everything about this moment just took my breath away. Like, this is what I want to see in a Superman movie. This is what That's I want right. to see, you know, like... That's oh, the I thing. The reality is, at the end of the day, what this series needs to nail is this scene. Yes. I don't think that this is... This series I don't think is as good as WandaVision. No. Um, I don't think it's one of the better Marvel things. I think it's mid-level Marvel. But it needed to nail this scene. And if nothing else worked, that this scene worked is makes the whole thing worth it. Because this scene is the mission statement of Sam Wilson, Captain America. Right. This is who he is. You know, and I fucking loved it. I loved it. I honestly blown away by it. Just absolutely loved this whole speech. So he gives his speech, and we see people watching, including his sister and a bunch of other people on TV watching him talk. And Torres. And Torres. We see people yep. being um, inspired by him. And um, so then we uh, have him walk away from the whole thing, and Sharon shows up, hey, sorry, I killed that little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, um, some dude comes up, and this must be a cameo. I mean, there's no way this is not a cameo. I don't recognize him, but. I don't, I don't know if it's a cameo. I think this was, this felt to me that they wanted to be like, Captain America, we want to make it clear you didn't kill anyone. <laughs> like, that's, that's what well, this no, I mean, was. I, I, I like the sequence beyond that, but like uh, this guy, though, the way that this guy looks it's and behaves, shot, yeah. it just feels like this is probably the stunt coordinator or something like that. He's a big yeah. fucking beefy dude. I feel like, yeah. you know, I, I, I didn't look it up uh, who this might be, but he's like, hey, Captain America, uh, we need some help. Uh, the that guy, uh, that the guy threw the water the is still there. Yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah, Sam's, that's the one guy that Sam might have killed in this episode, right? And it's literally them be like, as Captain America, you've killed nobody. Let's right. be very clear. As Falcon, you killed a bunch of dudes in the first episode, right? But now, as Captain well, I mean, America, you're yeah, that's that's reasonable though. I think, yeah. Um, uh, and but so yeah, he flies off. My thing that that before he was a grunt, he was a military soldier. That's it. Now he's I think you're using different. the word grunt. I think grunt is a very loaded word here. Um, is it? Yeah, I, I think know, soldier is the word you're looking for. Okay. I think grunt is a very, uh, I just, isn't grunt like just takes orders. They don't have anyone under them. They're just right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know my military. It's a very low level person. Okay. It's like cannon fodder. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not cannon fodder. That's for sure. He's not a grunt. He's a highly specialized, uh, soldier and he's a highly specialized, uh, special operative. Yeah. 
That's like saying that like the Green Berets are grunts. But but what I mean is like he didn't have a say in in any of his missions. They weren't like, hey, can you go do this? And he'd be like, no. And they'd be like, that's cool. He, he could say no. He's a he's 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 a mercenary. He is not. He's under contract. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I think not, that I mean, Blackwater it, guys, Blackwater guys can say no. I'm not going into Nicaragua. I think they can do that. You you don't you don't just get go where you're sent. I, well, again, I think the show has been very iffy on how all of this works. Down even in this episode when Bucky just walks past the security guards and like, hey, Bucky, as they let him in to deal with the hostage situation. And it's like, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, I think it's better that way because that's how it would happen in a comic anyway. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like Captain America and his guys just walk in. The Avengers just walk in. I, I'm, I, I think doing Civil War when they did it, did it was actually a problem because it raises too many questions about how these fucking guys operate too early yeah. in the entire Marvel universe, frankly. Um, yeah. That's like sort of like the postmodern stuff that you need to lay down the groundwork and then you get to the postmodern. Wait, who's paying for this anyway? That's the yeah. stuff that you like get to very late, I feel like. And yeah. it's 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 technically late because that happened like a bunch of years into the MCU, but they're like really obviously setting up for the next wave of things. And I just don't want these characters to be fucking all working for the government, well, which is how the Sokovia yeah. court sets it up, right? So yeah. like- Yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Anyway, he takes off um, and- uh, the other flag smashers are being put onto a um, onto a truck, and they're being taken to the raft. And yes. um, as they're being put in there, this one guard comes in. He whispers, "One world, one people," and all the flag smashers are like fucking a. And then the truck blows up. Yep. And then we see the butler did it. The butler did it. So I yeah. was the was the guard. He is really a flag smasher. I think so. Yeah. He did not I know that so. truck was going to blow up right there. I don't think so. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out if this was like the weird plot of it, like he was just fucking with them, but I don't think so. I think the the butler just blew it up. The evil, yeah. evil Alfred. I, I I think it's a, a purposeful misdirect on us to be like, right. oh, they're not going to the raft. They, these cops are going to help them get out or something like. And then it explodes, and that's the end of those guys. And then it cuts to the raft, and Baron Zemo hears on his radio from 1965 that uh, that they're dead. So, and he, he goes and lays in his bed and he's like, fucking hey. Yep. I like that he's got like the oldest radio possible. He um his his whole plan worked because all he wanted to do was get rid of these fucking super soldiers. Yep. And it, it happened, it worked. It is done. Um and then we cut to that um weird Senate room that looks like a um palace in Prague. And this uh, room I, I'm now calling this room the government. <laughs> this this room is the government. Because anytime they need government stuff, this is where it is. <laughs> Like, why are they in this room in this scene? I don't understand. Other than we only have Julia Louise Dreyfus for the day, and this is where we're filming. Why are they in that <laughs> in that room? It makes no sense for the scene. Yeah, it really does not make sense at all. Yeah, no, I it's it's this fucking show, man. Um, but Julia Louise Dreyfus is in this room, and she's there with John Walker's wife. I had seen somebody on Twitter um, who I like um, very convinced that they were going to kill John Walker's wife in this episode, and I'm glad they didn't. Really? I mean, there's no need to. Yeah, this person who I person who I like very much, so I'm not bagging on them. And I understand where they're coming from because this happens so often in um, media. Um, yeah. But like, I think that him having a wife is a way of maintaining a groundedness from him. If you want him yeah. to move forward as like an antihero. It's better if he has a family or something. Yeah. And he already to, killed Lamar. So. He killed Lamar. You don't need to kill the wife. Yeah. So Julius Dreyfus is talking to the wife and she's like, hey, look, it all worked out perfectly. Better than I could have planned it. Except I did plan it. 
no, I didn't. Or maybe I did. Um, so, which I'm assuming you hated. I hated that so much. Yeah, I thought you might hate that. That yeah. felt like the thing you would really hate. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did not like that. They're waiting for John Walker to come out of the bathroom. Yeah. And uh, he has taken a long time, and uh, he comes out, and it turns out that he's put on his new costume. And he says, uh, it's the same costume. It's just black. And yep. she's like, yeah, pretty much. That's it. This is... And then she says, things are about to get weird. And when they do, we're not going to need a Captain America. We're going to need a U.S. agent. And then he says, that's a weird, what does that mean? Because <laughs> that line means nothing. Yeah. Um, it's like, things are about to get weird. And when they do, we don't need a Captain America. We need a spoon. Like, <laughs> you could just say anything you want there. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's a little weird. And it's um, it's the sort of line they don't usually do in Marvel movies. Yeah. Where they don't go, you're some kind of Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. and, but they do it here. Like, they do it here. And I think that they could just call him U.S. agent. Um, yeah, because it's clear from the scene, he's working with the government. Now he's like a black ops guy for the government, right, is the idea. That's my feeling on it. Seems that they're in They're in government room. They're so. in government, yes. <laughs> you know. Mother, I've joined army. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm in know, government now. I'm in government. I guess Valentina is part of the government. I didn't think she was, but I guess it she was is. hard to know. It was unclear. It's still yeah. unclear, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But she gives him the costume, and that's it. And then she walks out, and he, you know, and that's the end of her for now. So. Um, the U.S. agent costume is also super comics accurate. Yes, looks great. Looks great. I mean, it's incredible looking. I mean, both the Captain America outfit in this and the U.S. agent are super comics accurate, and I, I could not ask for anything else. Nope. And I am really glad that Wyatt Russell is sticking around. Yes, I agree. I'm interested I really to like him. with him. Yeah, I like him, and I like this character. Um, I don't want, like, the U.S. agent to be, like, the big hero or whatever, but yeah. I like this guy. Like, he's interesting. He's a really interesting character, Yeah. and he allows himself to be an interesting foil for the other characters. Yeah, because I really thought he might die in this episode. Yeah, it seemed pretty reasonable to me. I also yeah. suspect, this is just a guess, that we're never going to see the Punisher in the MCU. Okay. I had this suspicion. I actually agree with you. Um, that the Punisher has become too toxic a character. Yep. And I think John Walker fits a pretty good version of that. Yep. A guy who's yep. willing to kill people, who the other characters have to like stop from killing people and stuff like that. Yep. Um, I think that he fits a reasonable uh, facsimile of that. He's not quite the Punisher, but it's close enough. Yep. Because I just think that with the Punisher character is so toxic and the people who fetishize him and the way that the cops use the Punisher logo and stuff, I think it's just too negative. I think it's really dangerous at this point. Yeah. And I feel like it's plausible that Disney is afraid of doing another Punisher thing and having some kind of tragedy occur on the real world Yeah, with the Punisher logo involved. Yeah. It's just, you just can't. Like, it's just too much. I mean, like, it's only a matter of time before some cop with the Punisher logo on his uniform kills somebody. I mean, it's just a matter yeah. of time. So um, it's just that character, I think, might be retired. I, He's I been retired be in the comics for a minute, apparently. Has he? I thought yeah, he my understanding. Um, my understanding was he's been missing in action for a hot minute. Oh. Um but I don't I thought know. he was part of that whole King and Black thing, but I guess not. Maybe not. I, I mean, he might show up. Um I'm looking this up now. I'm going off of what somebody said to me. Okay. Uh, yes, there is no Punisher in the King of Black. Okay. Well, interesting. Yeah. And in fact, earlier this year, uh, Bleeding Cool ran an article saying, did Marvel cancel the Punisher completely without telling anyone? Okay. 
Um, and it just seems like they have essentially pulled the Punisher sort of out. Um, okay. I guess there was an alternate universe Punisher who showed up, but he wasn't wearing the um, he wasn't wearing the skull on his chest. Uh, so maybe they'll just change his look or something like that. They might they might have just give up because Disney needs to just fucking sue the shit of these people that put the Punisher logo on things. Frankly, it's so hard to though because it's such a basic logo. Like it's a skull, so it's hard to. Mm, it's not just a skull. It's specific with how the teeth and stuff go. It's it's highly stylized. It's not just a skull. People could just take a skull. But yeah. the image that people use all the time, it's the Punisher logo. It's not just a skull. It's the Punisher. No, it is the Punisher logo, but but like you can change the, the shape of the eyes and be like, no, it's different. Like that's fine. Make them do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Make them just yeah. use a skull. Like that's fine. Like, but like get yeah. that fucking crack down on these cops that paint they literally cops paint the Punisher logo on their cars. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's horrible. I see Punisher logos with the thin blue line flag in them. Yeah. Hor- horrible. Well, there's that great bit in the Punisher comic when from a couple of years ago where there's a, there are cops with the Punisher logo on their car and he like destroys their car. And he's like, you don't understand what I'm here because you fail. You're <laughs> bad at what you do. But like, the I'm problem not on is that, your side. That still doesn't work because he's telling the cops to be more brutal. It still doesn't work. Um, no, no, no. He, he's saying because, because of the way you guys act, because of the, the way that you'll shoot unarmed kids, I exist. Like if, if people could trust you, there's no need for me. Which connects back to his whole origin is dirty cops killed his family. You know, so it's like it all connects into it. I mean, is that his origin? It, it, the mob kills his family, but the but the police like help cover it up because they're dirty cops, and he was a clean cop that was trying to take them down. I think that's an addition to their his origin, but oh, uh, that got added way later. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so U.S. agent I think might be able to fill this role though as sort of like the anti-hero who does kill people and then makes the other heroes deeply uncomfortable with how he how murderous he might or may not be. Yeah. Then we cut to Bucky showing up at Yuri's apartment in the middle of the night. Uh, yes. To deliver the most menacing message you could deliver to a yeah, person. Yeah, really it's crazy. Bucky, maybe maybe plan this out a little better than to be like, your son was murdered and I did it. Like, fundamentally, this is a confession that you make in public. Yeah. Because for a number of reasons. One, so that the person doesn't freak out. But two, so the person doesn't feel like you're about to kill them next. Yes. Because this is 100% the speech somebody gives before putting a bullet in your head. Yes. I mean, maybe Bucky doesn't know any better. Um, he's just been an assassin for so long. Yeah, but it really, he's, he's, probably doesn't have great social skills. But if somebody sat, came to my house in the middle of the night, sat down in my living room and said, I killed your son. Yeah, I would be like, shit, I am fucking next. This is why he's telling me he's going to put a bullet in my brain now. <laughs> like, that's what I would 100% think. No, here's the thing I kept thinking, because then it shows him walking out of the apartment, right? And then it shows him seeing uh, the guy at the sushi restaurant, which must right. have made those people who were like, what happened to the waitress? So happy because we got to see she still works there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the waitress. You know. Well, so, what if she was gone and she had booked that big role and she's a famous actress now? Yeah, yeah. I guess we, <laughs> we never would have known. But we see that, and like, and he sees them through the window, and she sees him, and you can tell that she knows that he killed this guy's son, and he walks away. Bucky walks away, and I was like, he still lives in the same building as that guy, though. That's uncomfortable. You I don't know move, that he Bucky. does, right? So. Um, he does. They say, no. don't they say in like episode one that they no, that they did they no, he, the building? He did. Okay. There's cinematic language here where Bucky steps away from the window and slow motion moves into the crowd of the, of the that's walking down the street. That is cinematic language for he's disappearing now. Yeah, yeah. So I would suspect that they'll find his apartment empty. Yeah, 
you know what I mean? He's going to move on now. I think that's yeah. what I, if I had to guess, and I think he was living in that apartment specifically because of this guy. This oh, was he definitely was. Yeah, no, he definitely moved in that apartment so he could meet that guy and talk to him. Yeah. Right. So I don't think that we're going to, I don't think Bucky's going to go back to that apartment now and like uh, end up standing in the elevator next to this guy, like really uncomfortable. <laughs> So uh, he, he actually lives in the apartment right next to him. And like late at night, the guy's playing music loud and Bucky goes, knocks on the door. He's like, it's a little loud. And he's like, you killed my son. Like, All right. Fair enough. <laughs> right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. All right. You keep going. Uh, yeah. He's definitely doesn't live there. He's definitely gone. Like he's like yeah. in the wind is the cinematic language that we get there at the end. So I would not worry about it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the wrap up with the shrink. She finds a gift bag in the chair in her office. And then there's the ledger. Um, yeah. and the note, which says, I finished the book. Thanks for all your help. Um, yeah. and this it's woman, quite the gift to get. Cause that's Captain America's personal. It's gotta be priceless. Notebook. Now here's the thing. She can never prove it. Right. You can't like be like, this is cat. This is Steve Rogers. She notebook. probably could prove it. She probably could with, um, handwriting analysis. I guess. Or uh, yeah, I mean, I guess or like. Sam could show up to the Smithsonian and be like, yeah, that's his book. I, I watched him. Fuck the Smithsonian. It's eBay. I eBay this or shit. eBay. Are you kidding me? What, what I imagine is she may not even realize that's Captain America's book. She just throws it away. <laughs> no, she, she gives it to like her son and then her son uses it to jot down bad thoughts for his own podcast. And that's like, <laughs> so it goes from like everything that Captain America wrote to Bucky's names on the list <laughs> to like. 10 reasons why Star Wars is no good. <laughs> <laughs> How SJWs ruin the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. <laughs> why, why making Captain America black is bad, actually. Why yeah. it's racist. Uh, yeah. Racist against white people. Um, yeah. So, And then uh, we cut to Sam going to Baltimore to visit Isaiah Bradley one more time. Yes. And he gives Isaiah his big argument for why he's going to be Captain America. And I think it's a good argument. I mean, I'm not black, so I mean, like, obviously, my, my yeah. opinion on this matter is not is null and void. Um, but it seems like to me, as an outside person, that this uh, argument makes sense, which is that black people built this country. Like, they literally, yes. we were brought over here, enslaved, and literally built this country. We built the White House. Yeah. And so this is our country. Yeah, and gonna fight for it. we're going to fight for like it because yeah. we built it, and we're going to, you know, he's not saying we're going to take it back, but he's saying we're going to take it back. Yeah, um, and then he does a thing which I think is very sweet, but which drove me crazy. Is it get clean up? I'm going to take you somewhere. It, well, that, but then when they go to the Smithsonian and they go to the Captain America exhibit, and there's this yeah. big um, statue of, of Isaiah Bradley just standing yeah. in the middle of the exhibit, drove me nuts. Did it? Yeah, you want to know why? Yeah, because you don't just show up to the Smithsonian and go, "Hey, can you build the statue of this dude?" Like you have, like, you just like don't like it. Just doesn't work that way. And not, not like, just a statue; it's a room. It's a it's a room. For it's like Isaiah super Bradley. cool that this yeah. exists. Don't get me wrong, but the problem is that you would have to go. You'd have to do the research. You'd have to uh, support, bring supporting documents, which they appear to maybe have because there's photos yeah, in there's that photos room. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you have to have supporting documents, and then you'd have to sort of then get the thing built, right? And the idea that this would all happen and nobody would find out about it. Like, like that nobody would tell Isaiah, like he wouldn't see it in the news. He reads the papers. It's quite yeah. clear because he's talking about the news. And, and, and he's, he's, I, I checked on Google maps. He lives about an hour away from the Smithsonian. So it would be on his local news and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's truly bonkers. But more to it. They would have contacted him and been like, Hey, do you have any personal effects? Well, no, I would say that he's, because remember he's, he's living under a different name because he's dead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that Smithsonian exhibit is to a dead guy. So I think that Sam would have um, 
maintain that secrecy for him. But yeah. I feel like that would have made fucking national news. Like the, 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 the scholarship that has to go into that before you can build that statue in the Smithsonian just feels like yeah. very big to me. And yeah. I know it's a dumb complaint. Like it's a sweet moment. It's a good moment. It's very I mean, touching. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think about that at all because I was crying. Oh, so, yeah. well, that then, hit me. That hit me. Yeah, so I, I had this, this broken brain where it's just like, I was like, oh, this is just not how this would work. Like, it's wonderful that it does this, but it's just not how it would work. Yeah. Anyway, but Sam says, now they'll never forget what you did for this country. Yes. Um, and they hug. They do a big hug. And then he goes back and to. that's when I started crying. Then they went to Louisiana and they have a big party. Yeah. And Bucky gets and my, to do some fun stuff. My favorite shot of the entire episode is Bucky holding his arm out and two kids just holding on. Terrific. And, and I loved it. I, and this, he's just talking to other people. I love that so much. That's the other thing that's great about this series is that it takes the character of Bucky and it fully moves him along the scale to a character who can hang out and have a nice time because the character in the movies could not hang out and have a nice time. Yes. Well, just, it was connects, not plausible. It connects back to what I said last week where the show starts with him sleeping on the floor in his own apartment. Right. And then he's sleeping and on the last couch. week he's sleeping on the couch. So we right. know he's getting better. Right. Yeah, I think it's really great. I like that very much. So, I mean, I guess the things that if I look at the show as like a transitional show, it really it improves tremendously. Yeah. Um, and then we get our final scene, um, which is that Sharon Carter is in government. Yep, she's in government now. Killing <laughs> me. Government senator. The government has like the all-purpose room. Like you have that like in a college campus, like in your dorm, you have the all-purpose room. Like that's what they have, all-purpose room. Well, it's the all-purpose room with the all-purpose senator because he's also part of the GCS. The DRC, right? He's everywhere. He's the the pardon guy. But it's like he's like, okay, well, we're going to give you a pardon, but we have to be out of here because the backgammon club has the all-purpose room booked at 4 (laughs) o'clock. Um, so he says, you know, we're happy to give you a full pardon. We want to welcome you back and actually have you be an agent again. And she's like, yeah. oh, I'd fucking love that. I would totally they, love they, that. They have a banner that says, we love Sharon. Yeah. And they're like, listen, you know, that your aunt was pretty cool. I'm sorry. We told totally, you. Totally family love Sharon is what it should say. Family love Sharon. Government love Sharon. Yeah. And then, um, so she leaves and she gets on the phone with somebody and says, start lining up the buyer. She says, maybe the um, super soldiers are off the table, but now I have access to government secrets, to secret weapons, all kinds of shit, something for everyone. And yep. then she sashays away out of frame and that's the end. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, I think the first half, the action stuff, I like I said, I don't think it's very well filmed. I, I, I don't think it's very... It's just not overly exciting. I don't think they did, a, except for the bit with the helicopter crashing. None of it really hit me well. Like, like my perfect, the, the episode has the perfect example of what's wrong with the action in it is when he decides he's not going to fight uh, Batrock anymore. He throws the shield and you hear the glass breaking off camera. You know, and it's like, no, you should get a shot where you can see the shield going through <laughs> the glass and him running and then jumping out. The, like, make it all one shot. The, the shield goes through the glass shatters. He runs. He jumps out. He grabs the shield in the middle of the air and flies off. And it's like, that'd be a really cool shot. But you do it where it's clear. And it also sounds like like the cheapest glass breaking sound effect. It's just like, and it's like, eh, that's that's weird. That's a weird way to do that shot, yeah. it's, you know. And that's how I feel about like a lot of the action in this episode is just not very well filmed. I don't think I, I it, like, I don't know if it was a budgetary thing or, or what, but it just felt off. All the action felt off to me. And, um, but from that speech on, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, um, yeah, I mean like it's, it's a bit of a bummer of a final episode. It's, it's really a bummer that this <laughs> happened to air the same day as the finale of, 
for all mankind. Oh my god! <laughs> Which I mean, like, just like fucking steals the lunch of this show. It's crazy. I am so happy I did not watch For All Mankind first because I almost did. I was almost like, I'm going to watch For All Mankind. That would have been a fucking disaster for you. That would have been yeah. a disaster for you. Because my the, God. Oh. the For All Mankind finale was so fucking next level. Oh. Um, I mean, like after a season that had been like a little bit slower and for that show a little bit kinder. Yeah. Because the first season of that show, like every second episode was like a disaster. And then yes. this season, like it was not a lot of disasters. Like it was no. just like personal stuff. And then like the last three episodes is like disaster, disaster, disaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally like, are we going to have nuclear war on the moon right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that's a fucking ending. This really, it really highlights the fact that um, when you don't ever have um, – Endings to your stories, um, yeah. you're never going to have those big moments in the same way. You know what I mean? Like, they're just not ever going to be able to have it. And this show exists as a transition show. <clears throat> it doesn't really exist as its own thing, per se. Yeah. It exists to get Sam and Bucky from point A to point C, where we can pick it up in the movies. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, but as a finale, it just was a little bit undercooked for me. I did like the last bits, although still the last bits also still felt a bit undercooked for me. That speech makes it all worthwhile, um, <clears throat> but I hate the Sharon stuff. The Sharon stuff is terrible. It is absolutely terrible. I don't like that at all. I, yeah. I really don't like that. I mean, I I, I think I kind of wish his ending speech hadn't just been in the the middle of the street. I, I kind of wish he said it in government. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Because there is still this open question of like, well, is he working for the government or is he his own figure now? Like it's, it's a I little mean, unclear. But what I liked was that the idea, like he walks away and he gives this big speech and then the GRC people are like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, sure, we're just going to vote anyway. Yeah, Fuck uh, this guy. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the GRC is not really, does not seem to be fucking um, specifically uh, answerable to anybody? They're not like elected. I don't think they're elected. Like it's really unclear what representatives from different countries would be. It's like theory. the like, UN, really right? Clear. So people, yeah, it's not the UN. I think so, but nobody elected. But, but, but instead of having their meetings in the UN building, they're having them in a in like a like a high rise. Like I, like it doesn't. I don't, none of it really made sense to me. What they are. There's a lot of stuff in this that I'm like, I wish you would tell me a little bit more about this stuff. Like like. Is Valentina part of the U.S. government? Well, I think that's like, stuff that we're going to find out. That I think was purposefully, um, but then don't have her be in government room. You know, <clears throat> like, well, it's just, it's very like I, things are just kind of off. Like, like I'm not clear. Does Sam still work for the government, or is he his own deal? Is he going off to be his own man? I like, suspect that's going to be a big part of the movie. I guess, but I feel like we already saw winter soldier and, and civil war. Do we need to do that again? Like, can we just have the answer right away and move on to a different story? <laughs> like does Sam have to redo those? Well, I think the movie is probably going to be Sam defining himself as captain America in a number of different ways, not just who he works for, but just in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Steve didn't really work for the government per se after shield. I mean, like he didn't, he just did his own thing. It seemed like. I, I again, it's unclear. Like this is one of the issues I have with Marvel is a lot there. The way that the heroes are connected to the government is unclear and it drives me a little nuts at times, you know, but we'll see. We'll see where they go with it. I mean, but for me, it's all the Sharon stuff. That's a fucking absolute failure and not because I care about what they did to Sharon. I, I don't mind. Yeah. 
But one, it retroactively makes Steve shitty for no reason. Yeah. Um, So that's like one. Two, um, because nothing that she does in the series makes any sense. I don't understand anything she does in the series, frankly. I I can't understand why she brings Batrock back other than – I guess we got to kill him off so we can not have to worry about where he is later, which I also don't like that they killed off all the super soldiers and Batrock. I think that's a mistake. It's not 100% clear that Batrock's dead. He may, he could, he could still survive. I guess, but the last time we see him, we see like him fall down and his arm sticking out from like behind a box. Yeah. Like, but, that's usually like dead. Like, yeah. But in, in superhero world, unless they have a burial and even then I'm not convinced. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, Patrick, I get shot. He falls down. He spends a year in the hospital. Comes back twice as angry. Yeah, yep. that's classic. That's that's fine. Um, it's just that I don't think anything that she did made any sense. The whole series, it makes no sense. It's no. like they at the very end realized that they didn't have a power broker, and so they just said, "Ah, fuck it, Sharon." Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I do not disagree. I, I like especially. It really bugs me that the power broker kept like texting with Carly. And stuff like that. Like, like looking back on it, it's like, well, you knew where she was at all times. Just send somebody, just send a sharpshooter. That's all you need. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't they're understand. not bulletproof. You can just yeah. shoot them in the head. Like, what's the deal here? You know? I don't, yeah, I don't, it's, maybe this is for the discussion for the larger wrap up episode, but it just, it was very frustrating because I didn't need there to be a power broker. No. At the no, end of the I day. I wouldn't have minded if it was quiet who the power broker was. Yeah, like yeah. with just leaving that open for another story, that I'd be fine with that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, it, it didn't feel like a mystery to me. I guess that's like the reveal. It's like, it, eh. it also felt like the show didn't think it was a mystery the way that they reveal it because it takes them two minutes before they finally say, You're the power broker, but everybody in the room knows she's the power broker. Right. Like, and we know as watching, as we're watching, like, Oh, she's obviously the power broker. And then it's not until, I guess maybe they were worried that some viewers wouldn't catch on. So that's when Bat Rock walks in. He's like, You're the power broker? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, okay, I guess like it just, none of it felt right with that. Like it just felt weird, you know? And I, I mean, we'll see, we'll see where they go with it, but I I don't understand what Valentina is. I thought, I, I really thought Valentina was the power broker. I really did. I was like, Oh, obviously she's the power broker and that'll be season two is dealing with her and, and she'll have, you know, her own team of super villains or whatever, but like, nope, moving on. Who knows well, what she is? She's definitely recruiting, right? And yeah. um, she knows something's happening, whether that's something is secret invasion or Kangs. Yeah, who knows? Whatever. I don't know. But um, I, I don't mind that her her deal is confused because I think that's purposeful. I think that that's like it we is, are supposed no, it, to. It, it is, but, but I, I think it's supposed to be confused. But them just sitting in government makes me say – She's part of the government because she's just in that same room again. And it's well, yes, I know. I'm, she definitely is part of the government because that—that's what that tells us. Yeah. Um, it's just the question of what part and in what way. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't know that there's going to be. Um, yeah, she's black ops. She's she's. Uh, but for who? Like, what's the uh, agency? What's her name from from Suicide Squad? That's what she is. Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller. Yeah, she's I Amanda mean, Waller. Maybe. I mean, the thing is with with superhero stuff. One of the problems of superhero stuff in the comics, and it's obviously become a problem in the TV shows and the movies for the MCU, is that they, they keep the in, same stuff. Well they, well, they keep inventing new groups to do the same shit. Yeah, like if you were, yeah. like were to actually look at what the government groups are in the Marvel comics universe, there's like seven thousand 
like yeah. weird black ops groups that work for the government. Like they just keep yeah. in reinventing it. They don't use the same one again. Um, they like if like, if a mission is too dark for Shield, they'll invent a new group every single time. Yeah, D- DC know, like, just did a big event to clear all of that out. Event yeah, Leviathan. Event Leviathan. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a, that's a big creep thing that happens in comics because everybody invents their own new organization, and it happens again and again and again. And they've already started yeah. doing it here because the GRC is like meaningless. It's like this. That's not a black ops thing, but like it's like these weird levels of governmental groups that you don't really understand. It should just be the UN. Are. It's a UN problem. <laughs> hey, there's refugees around the world from the blip. The UN is dealing with it. You don't need a, a secondary organization. With their own police force. And I mean, stuff. It's, yeah, so it's like it's like a UN count, council. It's just a committee yeah. in the UN. I know. I I I agree. But um, it, you know, and it wouldn't have it, the senator on it. Come on, he's the senator from government. He's senator government. Yeah, will, the, will, the, will the, the esteemed senator from government please stand? <laughs> also fun. I don't imagine that they flew Julia Louise Dreyfus overseas for this, right? They filmed that her bit here. And I guess that must be Atlanta then. Actually, so, I'm sure it's Atlanta. Do you know why I know it's Atlanta? Because there's an Atlanta filming Twitter account that um, said there's going to be a cameo in Falcon and Winter Soldier that's going to blow your minds of an actor you never thought you'd see in the MCU. Yeah. And it was obviously her, so that must have been Atlanta. Yeah. And 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 it's I'm guessing she's also the one that's like, oh, get a drink with Thor – grounded character but right that's who she is that's exactly yeah or like maybe no actually no it's not it's it's, that's isaiah bradley oh you think it's isaiah Bradley? yeah he did that interview before the show premiered so isaiah had not shown up yet and he said it was a character they almost didn't were not able to use because of rights issues okay and that's isaiah bradley they had rights issues with that comic and so yeah and so they were able to work it out and use him and he's the character that you want to see have a drink with thor because his attitude is so down to earth and um is not impressed by this shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. And he wouldn't be impressed by like kings and princes. You know what I mean? Like of yeah. Asgard. Like fuck that. Fuck your royalty shit. Yeah. You know who are the people right. of Asgard? That would be his deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, none of that stuff makes sense to me. I don't know. But really. <laughs> but but, but uh, back to my point. You're in Atlanta. You're at the the Marvel Giant Studios with their own fucking home depot in there you can't build just an office set for her like why is it in that room like come on like it is weird the only one of the few sets they seem to have built on this show was isaiah's apartment home and that seems like one of the few sets they built um i guess probably sarah's house they probably built that too i would Um, think so but everything else looks like it's locations and it's just bad locations to me i don't know Oh, no, also, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, it just, it really drove me nuts, just them sitting in that room for like, the, like, I don't mind so much with Sharon Carter, like, okay, whatever, we've already established that this is government, but just Valentina sitting in there with John Carter's or John, whatever, his wife Walker. and, and Walker's wife and waiting for him to come out from the judge's chambers. I have no idea what room he's in that's back there. Just the green room, I guess. And the toilet. The toilet is just getting. Imagine changed. that's the toilet right next to the fucking hearing room, and they're doing a hearing in there, and all of a sudden you hear somebody taking, a, somebody going, taking a big shit in the toilet directly next to the the hearing room. I watched um, the other two today on HBO Max and uh, the the series, and there's a bit with that uh, where they're at the play, and the bathroom is right next to the stage. You have to go up on the stage to use the bathroom. So the mom 
it's like you hear the ba- bathroom flush and the mom comes out while her son's on stage acting and she like comes out from around the stage. <laughs> That's what he has to do. Yeah, I just don't understand why. Like surely in the Marvel Studios that they have there, Pinewood Studios, wherever it's called, there's another just set. There's not. There's no. They don't have standing sets. That's not how it works. It's not like the old Hollywood system. It's just big empty sound stages. Then then it take three days to build a set. Like that's way more expensive than just shooting in that room again. I mean, they're just being cheap. It's just way more expensive than building that room again. Redress the the uh, Falcons or or redress the the old Asian man's Chinese man's uh, uh, apartment and have it in there. Like just not in government. Like it's just such a weird spot to have it in. No, I know. Eh, What are you going to do? So yeah, so I think I feel the same way. This episode was not that, it was not the thrilling conclusion I wanted, but it had the speech that I wanted and that ends up making it worth it for me. Yes. The speech made it all worthwhile. Like that speech, I absolutely 100% loved. And I love the Falcon or the Captain America outfit for, for Sam, for, for Anthony Mackie. I agree. The goatee you could probably do without. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see more of these characters, you know, I'm interested. To see, and it ends saying Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Which, which is pretty great. great. Yeah. So that was, a, yeah. that was a pretty nice moment. That was like the most kick-ass moment in the whole thing. Yeah. The, the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the title. Yeah. Uh, which right. I, I, that also, I kind of feel like when he makes his big hero debut in this episode, that's when the title should have shown up with Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I mean, that'd be weird to put that like with 20 minutes left in the show. That'd be super fucking weird. No, no, no. It's in the opening when he comes crashing through the window in his suit and we get the superhero suit. Look. No, I think there's the premise here is that he is not Captain America until he makes that speech. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's when he's Captain America. He makes that speech, yeah. he becomes Captain America. Yeah. Um, that's his big moment. Um, that's when he proves he's a good man, not just a good soldier. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. We're going to do next week, we're going to do, I guess, a recap. We did that last time. There probably is going to be one of these Marvel behind-the-scenes things. Yeah, they, I don't think they've said anything about that. They yet. haven't because they may be like, we don't want to just show you footage of the same building in Prague that we shot the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> in one abandoned building in Prague, we shot the whole fucking show. And we shot it all in government. We shot it all from it i mean i guess we'll find out next week if there's going to yeah. be a thing maybe we'll have a short episode where we do like a recap of the uh sort of like a our full thoughts on the full six episodes it's siren night here in los angeles it really baby. is you guys are busy you know, it's, we're recording this on saturday we usually record this on sunday um but the oscars are on sunday so we're recording this before the oscars so we're that's why we're not mentioning the exciting oscars that have occurred um but I want to also, I'm not going to watch the. I don't watch the Oscars any year, not particularly. I watched them every year since so, the 1980s. So the last time I watched was I think 2008, with when Hugh Jackman had his opening number, and you're not going to beat that. So what's the point of ever watching again? That that opening number he does is so <laughs> goddamn good. Like that should have been the last Oscars. That should have been the end of it. Uh, but anyway, Saturday night. So I think that's why there's so many sirens because it's like Saturday night and pandemic is. And you know is, what they say. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Anyway, um, uh, anyway, on. so uh, that's why there's been so many sirens because it's Saturday night in Los Angeles. This pandemic ebbs. And it's all right for fighting. But um, we will probably come back with some kind of uh, recap, and then we, uh, well, well, I guess we'll let you know next week what we're going to do. We're either going to go dark for a week or two, um, or we'll figure something else out to do. But I think we're going to talk about Modoc for a couple of weeks before Loki comes on. There you go. How do you feel about that? That's fine. It'll give me finally a reason why I'm paying for Hulu. So that's <laughs> finally, uh, <laughs> that's 
There is Hulu is not good. I, I uh, you know what's I, good on Hulu? Solar like Opposites is really great. Solar Opposites is yeah, that Solar Opposites was pretty much the only reason for last month that I had Hulu. And now, you know, like I used to have Hulu for different like basic channel shows that I watch, but they've all been canceled now. So Yeah. You know. Superstore's um, over. I have nothing. Um all right. So in the meantime, until next week, Derek, we're oh, actually, let me also, you know, I'm not going to do the promo this week. Let's not even, we have other podcasts that we do. Yeah. You can don't listen to like and subscribe. And review. <laughs> whatever, right? don't I don't worry. have the energy for any of that stuff this week. Just um, look, review. Just give us five stars on iTunes, please. Thank give you. Give us five stars on iTunes. Go to patreon.com slash cinema sangha and join up at the $5 level. Get two more podcasts. It's very exciting. Very exciting stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, where, where can they find you on the internet? On Twitter, WH underscore Woolhat. I have never run out of steam this hard at the end of an episode that I have right now. It's fundamentally out of steam right now. fucking government room, I'm telling you. Government room. ruins everything. Because it really did. The whole time I'm like, <laughs> why are we here again? It really drove me nuts. I was loving the second half of this episode. <laughs> It really bothered me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright. You can find me on Twitter at Devin CF, uh, www.patreon.com slash cinemasanga, S-A-N-G-H-A. And until we come back again next week, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, but most of all, may you remain a true believer. Mm-hmm.